There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, the July. Hello and welcome to episode 126 of the Power Chord Hour podcast, the November 2022 rundown episode of the show. Hope you're doing great out there. Thanks for tuning into this one. I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, here with you with another rundown of a month talking new music, music news, what was going on in my life, basically whatever I want to talk about. We're at the end of another month, and uh, for whatever reason, that makes me entitled to uh, just get on here and uh, do a solo pod for you all and uh, talk about the month. But uh, quite a quite a eventful month. I mean, this was really our first, like, like really full back since uh, getting getting back from Alaska. I mean, we started in uh, October. I did two episodes, but they were uh, solo. One of them being a, a monthly rundown. But um, this was this was the first month of like really getting back into uh, doing a bunch of interviews, having guests on, and uh, all that good stuff. Really, uh, really getting things going. You know, I feel like those first uh, two weeks were kind of nice. You know, shaking the rust off. Same with the radio show. It was like kind of shaking the rust off getting back to it, just putting something out after, you know, not having anything out for uh, six weeks. So, uh, you know, getting all that done, but I mean, wow, what a, uh, you know, I, I gotta say, I am, I'm quite happy with the uh, guests that we, uh, really started things back up on after the uh, trip. And I mean, it's funny too, cause when I got back, there was a minute there where I was really looking for guests. Like I was, I was emailing people, hitting people up, um, you know, anyone I could think of that either had stuff coming up or, you know, people who have like recently been like, Hey, I have so-and-so and I would love to promote that, you know, later on. And, uh, yeah, for whatever reason, couldn't find anyone for a while. And then I hit a, a struck gold with guests. I feel like we had some really, really strong guests this month. And, uh, I mean, I had, I, I feel like the, the first one we got to talk about if I haven't already talked about it enough, but I mean, Greg Graffin, being uh, on the show this month was just absolutely insane. Actually, he uh, he's how we opened the uh, month, and that was just—I mean, it was absolutely crazy. I mean, I don't—I w- I don't want to talk about it forever because I feel like I ever since doing it, I feel like I talk about it on both here and the radio show. But I mean, it, it's huge. Like, you know what I mean? I'm a huge Bad Religion fan. I've been reading his books since high school. Like, you know, to get to interview him and talk Bad Religion and his books and you know, just every everything was just totally, totally insane. Um, one of those, one of those ones that sit up there like, oh my God, like I still can't believe he's on here. I mean, people, people still seem to ask me like, how did you get him? Like that seems to be people's questions. Both, uh, I mean, people, people like in the podcast radio world and also just like people who know I have mine. It's like, how the hell did you get Greg Graffin on? I guess they don't think, uh, old Anthony has that kind of poll, which I didn't think I did either. That's the thing I think I've told everyone is when I uh, reached out to get him on the show, I mean, I, I was not expecting to get them, you know, sometimes, sometimes you'll, uh, with guests, I try to be realistic. I mean, I can kind of tell, you know, the size like of person who I can probably get on the show or who I can try, you know, I mean, also you kind of look at like who's promoting something, you know, is there a reason they'd come on your show? But, um, you know, I mean, realistically there's obviously people who are a little more unobtainable or seem like it, but I mean, 
I guess at the same time, it, it really is true. You just always got to ask because I ended up asking and, you know, I got, I got, I mean, we, we probably did like, that was the only, that was the only bummer. He was doing a little press tour. So, I mean, we only did like 20, 25 minutes, but I mean, you know, that's, that's such a, I, I don't even want to say it like that because it sounds like I'm complaining. Getting to talk to the man for like any amount of time was just so amazing. And uh, yeah, I mean, definitely not expecting that when I got a hold of him, but it's like, yeah, he's doing a little press tour, you know, give you like 20, 30 minutes, like you know, does that work? And then, then we got everything going. And then, uh, last minute though, we did have a change up, but I would not let anything get in the way because originally it was at three 30 Eastern, um, on, I don't know, whenever we did it, I remember it was a Thursday, but, um, anyways, she didn't, the uh, publicist didn't realize what side of the uh, country he was on that day. So actually I would be, we would be doing it three 30, uh, Pacific standard time. So, it ended up jumping me. I thought I was getting ready for the interview for three thirty, and uh, then it got jumped to six thirty. But I didn't care. I, I would make sure it got happened. It happened no matter what. I would uh, cancel any. I didn't say those exact words, but I basically said that even even like booking the interview and everything. Like once they're like, "Oh, we think he may have some slots and stuff," I'm just like, "Listen, like I'll I'll drop things to do this." Like including including for that size amount. It's not like I need to carve out like three hours of my day. Like that's pretty short enough where it's like, listen, just let me know when Greg can do it. It's like, I will, I will carve out 20 minutes of my day. Totally, totally cool. That is, that is uh, worth doing. And uh, yeah, I mean, so cool to talk to him. And uh, I've really been enjoying, if you've not checked out his new book, uh, Punk Paradox, really good. I, I'm still uh, going back through and reading in chronological order again. Cause I started like the first, I probably read like the first five chapters um, I got an advance of it when I was interviewing him, and I, fir- I read like the first five chapters, and then started bouncing around a little bit so I could ask him different questions in the interview. But like, I don't know, it's kind of funny when someone puts a book out. It's kind of weird with questions if you haven't read the entire book because you there's certain things that may actually be in the book, and a lot of people don't want to give it away. So sometimes you'll interview. Greg really wasn't this way, and I don't think we ever hit any of those of those patches where, like, I asked him a question, and he's like, well, you know, your listeners will have to read the book. Like, nothing like that, but, like, that can definitely happen. And for some reason, well, not for some reason, it can happen. So I get in my head with that, and, uh, you know, I, I try to think ahead of time. It's like, you know, try not to ask questions that are answered in the book. You know what I mean? You can ask questions about the book, but don't just ask questions where literally – had I read, you know, chapter nine, had I gotten, you know, 10 pages further than I was, I would get my answer. So, you know, thankfully that didn't happen, but I started jumping around and everything before the interview, but I'm back to reading it in a chronological order. And, uh, it's really good. I mean, I like the, uh, memoir side, you know, like I told him, I mean, normally he's talking, you know, science and religion and politics and stuff in his books. And, uh, with this one, it's just, you know, it's a memoir. I mean, hearing about his life and uh, bad religion and everything else. I mean, there's some really funny stories in it too. I mean, he's a great, Greg has a, a great personality. I mean, I, I talked about it, I believe, on the podcast. But I mean, when I got on the phone with him, like I was amazed he knew where I live. Like people, do, people just don't tend to know where Jamestown is. And I mean, it's it's nothing against them, you know. I mean, we're a city, but we're a smaller size city. And uh, you know, people also hear New York and think New York City, and it's like, oh no, like you know, we're we're near uh, Buffalo. But um, the fact that he knew it, he, he uh, even referenced the Desilu Bridge and everything. It was, uh, I got a kick out of it, you know, but, but it is true. I mean, when you get up, uh, when you get up kind of his way, he lives kind of towards, uh, Ithaca. So like when you get towards that side of New York, it is true. When you start coming this way, 
on uh, 86 or whatever interstate you start heading west, you will start seeing signs for Jamestown. And uh, I forgot about that. But at the same time, I mean, any, he's right. Anytime he goes west, he basically has to drive through Jamestown, which is uh, pretty neat. Again, it's kind of, I don't know, it's those silly things. But I got to tell you, I mean, the Desilu Bridge, uh, I drive over it quite a bit. And, and every time now, I think of Greg Graffin. So more than likely for the rest of my life, anytime I drive over the bridge that's named after, uh, you know, Lucille Ball, and uh, and and Desi, uh, it, I'm gonna be thinking of uh, the singer of Bad Religion. You know that only makes sense. I I would say so. Uh, yeah, really really cool getting to talk to him. I mean, if you haven't listened to that one, I mean, what are you what are you doing? Pause this and go listen to that episode. I mean, that is uh, you know, just just totally. But again, I mean, that, that, there really is something to be said about just asking. I mean, John Doe was kind of that way. I asked, I uh, I hit up John Doe's publicist in 2020 for uh, doing an interview for Alphabet Land and never heard anything back and then hit hit the uh hit his publicist up again this year and lo and behold one of my uh, all-time favorite interviews I got so sometimes you just got to ask and I guess sometimes you got to ask a couple years later and uh that that happens but I mean I was I was writing out a list the other day actually trying to think of all the guests I've had on this year cuz like normally you know they're they're a little spread out. If you look at the first two years of the podcast, you know we have a guest, and then it might be like a solo episode. Maybe I don't even have an episode for a week or two. Whereas uh, I've been pretty consistent on these of having a guest, unless uh, you know it's the monthly rundown. But basically three guests a month, and then the monthly rundown at the end. And uh, you know actually writing them out, I'm like, oh my god, like getting so in like this person and this person, and some of them being people who you know not even reaching out long ago, but like were just people I would think of earlier on in, uh, you know, doing the show where I'm like, Oh, it'd be really cool to have so-and-so on. And then I look, I'm like, Oh, I had him on this year. Pretty, uh, pretty neat. So I, I gotta say I'm, I'm happy with that, but I mean, Greg, uh, he sits up there as, yeah, I mean that, that one was a total honor and that has to be one of the coolest, uh, people to be able to say that I've had on the show, but also, I mean, punk rock legends, Blake Dahlia, so, so fun. And actually you probably didn't get to see it because uh StreamYard, we had some, I'm going to say technical difficulties, but I realized later I was, uh, on the wrong account. So that's why it wouldn't record. We, we had some issues with the video, so we couldn't record it. So, uh, you didn't see, you can only hear the interview with Blag, but, uh, in it anyways, if you, if you ever look, you can look at any of the other ones I have on our, uh, on the power Code hour YouTube page, like, It'll say our names underneath, you know, say Anthony Merchant under me and then whoever I'm talking to. And uh, on Blags, he and I, I promise you, I don't, I don't write those. You can, you write yours before you get in the, uh, before you get in the like Streamyard chat or whatever. And uh, his said Black Dahlia Rock Legend, and I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. He, uh, he was so much fun. It was such a nice mix because it was you did get the chance to talk to Black Dahlia, and he still kind of had that. You know, I mean that that blag humor and everything. He had a sense of humor and stuff, but like you could also tell, like he wanted to talk about the new uh, Ralph Champagne record, and like he liked getting into like songwriting and process of things, and like he he would kind of. And I wasn't sure because at first it's like, I though I did see some interviews with him, like okay, like no, he's kind of down to talk about this stuff because at first it's like I don't know, like you uh, not to discredit him, but like just knowing knowing blag and the dwarves and everything, you're like, is this someone you should attempt to do? A, uh, you know, I mean, just kind of how you handle the interview or what questions, right? You know, like, can I, can I ask him more straightforward or like serious questions? You know, do do, do you think he'll be more serious about those things? Really want to get into serious stuff, but, uh, he was down, he was down, talk anything and everything. And, uh, he was another one, just so much, uh, fun to talk to. And actually I ended up interviewing him. That episode came out the week later, but I interviewed him. 
the day before. I interviewed him on a uh, Wednesday and then Greg Graffin on a uh, Thursday. So that was uh that was pretty neat to have like these two back to back uh you know just punk rock legends. Epitaph uh you know the dwarves obviously aren't Epitaph anymore, but uh, Bad Religion are. And uh, they both actually knowing that I had them on. That's also how I opened the radio show for November. I played all Epitaph, and uh, that was quite fun. I played lots of uh, Bad Religion and uh, lots of Dwarves and tons of others. I mean, I really, I, I went through like all eras of Epitaph. I mean, and you can kind of guess what I'm going to play. I mean, when I say that, I don't mean that I played a bunch of like Falling in Reverse and stuff like that. Like, you know, they're definitely, definitely uh, certain sounds of uh, Epitaph that they, that they kind of, some of the places they went later on, you know, were a little questionable, uh, no, not judging, because they still have great bands. I mean, that is the thing, though, is sometimes, like, look at, like, with Epitaph, I know they've expanded their sounds throughout the years, and it's like sometimes I've seen people give them shit, but, like, to their credit, they never stop being a punk label. Like, they might get other kinds of bands, post-hardcore and emo and stuff, like, on there, but, like, I don't think they ever really abandoned that initial, like, there's there's labels, like, I think I talked about it actually on, on the record label, label loyalty. I believe it was called like two years ago. I did an episode on here, a solo on talking like my favorite record labels, but like vagrant records. And they've, they've went back to it now. Now it's like anniversary time, but like, you know, there's a while there where vagrant records seemed to like abandon everything that made them known. You know what I mean? Like including like the 2010s and stuff, like they just revamped like the bands who they were signing sounded nothing like, you know, what you would think of for the vagrant sound and just, like even their website kind of like scrubbed, if I remember correctly, kind of scrubbed like the history of that label and everything, like just kind of abandoning the emo pop punk roots. And, uh, you know, Epitaph never really did that. Epitaph maybe branched out and got different kinds of bands, but they never really got rid of those, you know, cause like, it's you know, like hopeless, like hopeless at some point stopped signing bands that sounded like mustard plug, you know? And I mean, I, I didn't mind the the direction that hopeless went. I mean, I like really old school hopeless, but they still put out really good stuff now. But Epitaph, I think, no matter what they were putting out, there was always, you know, a Bad Religion record or a Pennywise record or some kind of punk band in there. You know, even even now, I mean, they obviously still like the Menzingers and stuff like that. Like, you know, uh, Brett Brett and everyone over at Epitaph still know what they're doing with uh, those signings. And Joyce Manor and a bunch of, uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm kind of pulling them off the top of my head. There's tons of great current bands on that roster. But really fun to uh, put together a, a four-hour a four hour playlist for the, uh, for the themed playlist. I may, I don't know. I I'm trying to figure out for 2023, not totally revamping the show, but kind of what I want to change, what I want to do and add and all that good stuff. And, uh, can I try to figure out with the theme playlist? Cause I got to tell you when we started doing those, uh, last year, the show was still two hours. So the playlist, you know, I just had to fill, not just fill, it was still decent size, but you know, I find like 30 songs, now, when I do a themed playlist, I mean, four hours, I'm fitting in like 60 plus songs and it, it becomes like, it takes a while. And, uh, you know, a lot of times too, I mean, if I'm doing a themed playlist, say for a band, you know, obviously I'm playing all their music, but like for something like say the epitaph one, I played a lot of like dwarves and uh, bad religion to kind of, you know, promote and tease the uh, interviews. But like the other ones, I try to stick to like one song, you know, like I was really trying not to like play you know four songs off an album or something like that so like really it becomes a challenge like I'm kind of like figuring out if I want to take a break from doing the themed playlists or maybe even just make it like you know do it for like half the show or something you know sometimes doing the four hours is nothing but 
sometimes that's a lot of music to uh, have to compile and uh, and get around. But I mean, th- this show does it, it keeps me busy doing the uh, the pod and the radio show because I mean, even I forget that sometimes that on top of doing the interviews, then I you know. Say I do one interview, but I have to get it ready in two ways. You know, I got to get ready a four-hour radio show with it, so I get the interview and then put all the music and stuff around it, and then also the podcast. So you know, I'm I'm producing two different power chord hours each week, and sometimes when I go, Jesus, I always feel like I'm busy. Then I remember I am always kind of doing stuff like this, and it's kind of I don't know, it's kind of weird when you do. I'm sure anyone who does podcasts and things like this, same with the radio show. The radio show is always kind of like that, where like. It's kind of odd because, like, I feel like people who don't do it may not realize it. But it's like you could be working on this at all times. Like, I might just be sitting down on my computer, like on iTunes, making playlists. You know what I mean? Like, just getting together a four-hour playlist. Like, you know, it may just sound like I'm listening to music. Or the weird thing is, it sounds like I'm listening to music, but like listening for thirty seconds and listening to another song, listening for thirty seconds and listening to another song. Like a lot of a lot of that going on. But, uh, I mean, there's always something. I mean, coming up with themed playlists, just coming up with a playlist in general, you know, interviews, just getting things around. Like, you'll always, even when you feel like you're caught up, like, like even right now, honestly, like with guests, I mean, I, I really got caught up in November pretty early on. I mean, Greg and Blag were uh, two, like, right next to each other. And then I uh, interviewed the Eves, like, a week later. So, like, you know, I basically had all November guests recorded within, like, I think, like, seven days of each other. Basically, those interviews were done. So, uh, you know, like, like I was caught up then, but now I, uh, I'm waiting to hear back from a few people and a few things have, have fallen through. So I'm still trying to figure out uh, December here. We, uh, we do have our first guest for uh, December, which, uh, I just recorded that yesterday, last night at a nice 10 o'clock, uh, late night interview. One of the latest ones I think I've ever done, but with uh, Chris Wren of bridge nine records, which that, that was a, uh, another really cool one. Cause it's like, I was, I was thinking about for our interview and I'm like, I mean, damn, I've been, I've been buying, uh, records that bridge nine have put out since, uh, I, I think I figured out 2008 would have been the first, uh, the, my first bridge nine release. And it would have been newfound glories, uh, tip of the iceberg with the, the split that they did with the international, uh, superheroes of hardcore, which is them as well. So it's kind of a split with themselves. But, uh, I remember that being, unless there's something earlier and I don't think there is, that was my first, uh, bridge nine release. I remember buying that up in Edinburgh PA when I saw, uh, Newfound Glory and Punchline play up at uh up in the college there. Really, really good show. And uh, the Space Pimps played too, which are all, or who are now called uh, Eternal Boy. At the time, were called Space Pimps, but uh, I missed them sadly, which bummed me out because then I heard them later. I'm like, oh yeah, this band's really rad. But uh, they'll be playing. Actually, I'm going up to. I'm really stoked for it. I'll be going to Cleveland uh, this coming weekend. Uh, depending on where you're listening to this, uh, December fourth. Up in Cleveland, Alistair will be up there playing Last Stop Suburbia front to back. And uh, Low Morale, we've had uh, Justin Vaughn, their singer, on the show. And uh, he's a great dude. They're playing. And so is Eternal Boy. So uh, a great pop punk uh, show. It's going to, I'm really, really looking forward to that. I got my ticket. And uh, I think that one might sell out. And I haven't been, they're playing the Foundry, which uh, I've only been to the Foundry once, but it was like a decade ago. And uh, it was a good show. I saw Hawthorne Heights there. And funny enough, actually, I saw Hawthorne Heights and I saw Bobby Vaughn, who uh, of the Promise Hero, or formerly of the Promise Hero. And uh, we've had him on the show a couple times and always a good dude. But uh, that's Justin's brother. So uh, now I'm going to see, I saw his brother play there with Hawthorne Heights uh, almost 10 years ago. And now I'm going to see him play with Alster about 10 years later at the Foundry. 
Um, so yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that one. I think it's going to be a, a really good show. And actually I haven't seen Alistair since 2014. That was the last time I saw them when they played Pittsburgh. And, uh, really I, I was, it's hard. I just have too much stuff going on and it just, I financially too, I mean, driving up there and getting tickets for both shows. Cause Alistair's playing, uh, Pittsburgh the night before too. And I was very tempted to hit both, but I'm just like, yeah, probably not the best time to do that right now. And we got the holidays coming up and everything. So I'm like, yeah, I probably, probably should save my money. But, uh, you know, Alistair doesn't play much. So it's like, at the same time, I'm like, I don't, I'm trying to justify it to myself. Cause I'm like, at the same time, like, you know, last time I played Pittsburgh, 2014, like they're probably not going to play again until like 2034. So like, you know, it, it might be a thing to do, but, uh, I will definitely be at that Cleveland show and I'm looking forward to that. But, uh, yeah, guess this, this, uh, month also the eaves, that was a, that was another really fun one. I've been listening to uh, their new album quite a bit and I'm very stoked cause I got a lot of people, you know, I mean, the eaves aren't like a, aren't like a super, super well-known band though. I think they're going to be this, this, uh, new albums, their sophomore record that we talked about. And, uh, I did get a lot of people telling me like, wow, like this man's amazing. Like, so people are getting turned on to him through, uh, that episode, which makes me very happy. Cause that's a whole, I mean, really that's the whole thing I'm trying to do here, you know, since the beginning, just even, even when we were just a radio show, I mean, the whole point was like, you tuned into the radio show and hopefully I, I played you something you've never heard before and go, Oh damn. Like I just found a new favorite band. So for uh, people to say that, but they're so, they're so good. I mean, really they're, uh, their new album will probably, I haven't written out my top 10 of the year, like out on paper yet, but like, I see that one maybe creeping in on there. I mean, I know it's later in the year, but they just released it this month and, uh, I could see it definitely being on there. So don't be surprised if you hear me talk about, uh, lately, I don't have a God and other obvious epiphanies on a upcoming whenever I, I, it'll, it'll be fast. I'm sure it'll be only like three, four weeks from now. I'll be talking about my favorite albums of the year. And I could see that one on there, but I had such a good time talking to Chris and Adam. I mean, that uh, that album. Not only do the songs sound amazing, but sonically, they just did an insane job on it. Like it sonically sounds like this really high budget production of like you know recorded in this really, which it was recorded in a really nice studio in Buffalo, but like you know just really seems it sounds like something from a band who like has major label money behind them basically you know like when a band gets on a major and all of a sudden their production like gets you know like steps up a lot i mean it sounds like that it it sounds amazing a great testament of uh what's going on in the buffalo scene up there and i was excited too cuz they had in uh i think they probably hadn't announced it yet i assume they knew they were doing it when i talked to them but uh they'd be doing a, a record release show up at a uh, mohawk place on january 20th which uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to try to get to that one. And uh, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I've been to shows this year, but like, I still haven't been like, I mean, like back to back, back in the old days. I mean, I was, I was going to shows so goddamn much and I still haven't gotten back to that. You know, I, I, I've went to quite a few, I mean, you know what? No, I don't even want to say quite a few shows this year. I've been to some shows probably more than I realize. But, um, yeah, not, not enough. I, I wish I could get back to, and maybe I slowly will, but, um, it's just getting, yeah, finances, man, money, fucking money. But, uh, I would, I would love to get back to like, you know, just uh, like every week, either being in Buffalo, Pittsburgh or Cleveland up, uh, seeing a show. I mean, that is, that is still to this day. I mean, some of the most fun I've probably had in my life is, uh, just doing shit like that, you know, a night of, uh, going up and, you know, seeing a band, hitting some record stores, eating some shitty food somewhere afterwards. Always, uh, always a good time. So I'm looking forward to that, uh, Cleveland one and hopefully hanging with, uh, I don't, you know, that's a, that's a, a double threat there. 
I'm going to have to try to get a picture with Tim Rogner of Alistair and uh, Justin Vaughn of Low Morale. We'll have to get like a nice little, uh, we'll get the trifecta there, the two guests of uh, Power Court Hour. I know two other recent guests, or not so recent actually, neither have been on for uh, for over a year, but uh, two great guests of the show and uh, friends of the show, Jeff Cadill of uh, Game Face and Heath Saracino of Midtown and Senses Fail. Um, just did a, uh, they did a show in New Jersey. I believe it was like an acoustic show with a couple of, I can't remember who else was on the lineup, but it was a really good lineup and, uh, looked really cool. I would love to be there had it not been uh, so far away. But again, I gotta, I gotta get back to that. I gotta, I gotta abandon all responsibilities and just go to every show that I want to go to and drive, even if it's seven hours away in Jersey, like I just got to say, fuck it and, uh, go do it. You know, you just gotta do stuff like that. But yeah, that was uh, that was really fun talking to the Eves, getting back to guests. I mean, really fun talking to them. And uh, Chris, Chris Wren from Bridge Nine, yeah, that was really cool last night. He, uh, we did that one. We did a, a video of which that I'll put up when the interview comes out. That'll be out next week. That'll be our next episode of Chris Wren. And uh, if you want to watch the video of that, if you want a video interview, I will post that on our uh, YouTube page. I know, I know, it's hit or miss. Not all the interviews I do on here are uh, via StreamYard. And, you know, if, if someone's also, if we're getting a bad reception and it gets really glitchy and cutting in and out, then it's like, I, I mean, I just, I don't know, maybe one of these days I'll take the time and try to edit the video. But, uh, you know, I also don't put the video up if it's like really, like really, really laggy and stuff. I'd, I've had a couple of them where I did really clean up the audio and everything to put it in the podcast. And it was like, it just made no sense to try to, uh, you know, it just would have been a bunch of jump cuts on the uh, video, so I was just like, yeah, forget it. But this one will uh, definitely be up there. And uh, he just opened, the Bridge Nine just put a, a record store, a brand-new record store in Beverly, Massachusetts. And, uh, like, I guess it's connected to their warehouse, if, I, if I'm if i remembering it correctly. But uh, it's only been open, like, I think a couple weeks. He might have said three weeks, I want to say. But uh, that's when he was doing it from. So I was talking to him, and he had this beautiful record store behind him and it was really cool like having having two because he had uh where he was sitting uh, a bunch of records behind him on the wall and I, I like i'm talking to him but i'm also like trying to make out which each record was like i saw like jimmy Eat world's clarity on the wall uh ramon's road to ruin uh minor threat there are a couple uh, uh one of the off records i couldn't t- i knew it was off but i couldn't tell which record maybe the new one um and then some bridge nine you know some bridge nine classics and stuff up there but uh, that record store looks really dope. I gotta, I gotta make my way up there sometime. But that was, that was really cool to get talked to him. I mean, that, uh, you know, again, Bridge Nine's an iconic hardcore punk label, and uh, neat to talk to someone too. Like, I always like talking to someone who's been at it a while and can talk about like how things have like changed and also stayed the same throughout the years and get into like we got into like mail order and stuff a decent amount and like just you know the difference of having a web store now versus when you would like people would give you a, would send you a dollar, you'd send them a catalog and like, you know, you'd write messages to each other. You make friends through mail order and stuff. Like it's uh it was really cool to talk about all that stuff. Mike Park is probably someone I should have on to talk mail order sometime. I feel like me and Mike Park could uh, talk mail order forever, but uh, yeah, Chris was really cool. That'll be out uh, next week on the show. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, that'll be a that'll be a really good time. I know it's going to be a good time because I already did the interview, and I promise you, it is a uh, it's a good interview. Talk a lot about uh, Bridge Nine, the history, and uh, again, like just what he's doing now, the new record store, um, just tons of stuff. We talked for like an hour, so there's there's a lot in there to unpack. So I think you will enjoy that one, and uh, that'll be coming soon. And also, uh, 
this Friday on the radio show, you're talking about themed playlists because Jesus, we're already going into December here. Um, I'm gonna be doing all '80s, all the all the music I'm spinning on the radio show this Friday night, eight to midnight Eastern. Hint, hint on 107.9 WRFA. I got to make it a plug. Um, all '80s, uh, nothing in not a specific genre, just '80s music. You know, new wave, punk, hardcore, um, whatever I want in there. I, I've basically I got to do a few finishing touches, but I, I have the playlist ready, and I feel like it's a nice mix of uh, of things, and even. I wouldn't say straight up poppy, but a few songs, maybe a little poppier than you'd normally hear, and also a few heavier songs on uh, on there, like uh, oh, like Iron Maiden. You know, I don't really play Maiden much on uh, the Power Chord Hour. I like them. I definitely like them, as you can probably also see in the interviews because I have a uh, number of the Beast, like whatever the hell they are. It's like a, it's not a poster, but it's like that, uh, it's like that cloth material. And uh, I've had it forever. I, I I love it because it's a uh, it's it's Eddie with Satan's decapitated head in his hand. And uh, I've always I've had that since high school. And uh, it goes up many places. I think the best place it was though was in my uh, in my apartment in Minneapolis. I had it hung up over my sink, over the kitchen sink. So when I was washing dishes. There's just Satan's decapitated head. Every time I'd like look up, I'd just see Satan's bloody decapitated head. But uh, yeah, like playing some some Iron Maiden different stuff that uh, I don't always get to play. So I, I think that's going to be a really fun one. I'm looking forward to that. But I mean, November, uh, November, I stayed busy with the show, doing interviews and getting stuff ready. I really uh, and just kind of coming up like again, like I'm thinking of 2023, what I want to do with the radio show, what I want to do with the podcast, and uh, also thinking a lot again. You know, earlier this year, I was thinking about putting on a concert, and uh, I'm kind of thinking about it again. I, I have some ideas in mind and some uh bands in the uh, area and up in like buffalo and stuff where i'm like you know i could probably get them down here like i got it you know i've never put a show on i'm trying to figure it out and the thing i keep telling people is like just how to do it and just not lose a ton of money like in no no way shape or form do i think i'm putting on a punk show around here and i'm gonna make a bunch of money or even make my money back even i'm not even talking about breaking even i'm just tired i'm just trying to do this and not lose a bunch of money you know, I mean, and, and at the same time, it's like, if I get some bands, I really love to come play, you know, in a, in a venue down the street from where I live. It's like, you know, that that's worth, it's definitely worth something to me. So, uh, I'm going to keep working on that more. And thankfully I, I have some really cool people in, uh, the area who are kind of helping me out and giving me pointers and stuff like that, which is uh really nice and definitely, uh, definitely appreciated. So who knows, there might be a power chord hour, some kind of power chord hour related concert, uh, in 2023. I would love, I would love to do that. So who knows if you're if you're near the Jamestown area, you know definitely uh, something to uh, keep your eye on. Hopefully, hopefully we do something. But I have bands, I have ideas. Now I have to execute them. Not not like execute them, I guess, but you know what I mean. I have to execute the idea. <laughs> oh, that didn't sound great. But um, yeah. So I would love to do a concert. Hopefully we get that done. And uh, yeah, I have some really cool bands in in mind. I've had a couple who already told me they'd be down. You know, just give them more more of a uh, idea once I have it, but, uh, yeah. So yeah, November been staying busy and, uh, including with the show and just really trying to, uh, running around here, really trying to figure out uh, December. I mean, we got, we got Chris to, uh, kick it off and I'm trying to figure out the, uh, the rest of it, but, uh, I will worry about that. I won't worry you all with, uh, that side of things. I will just bring you some, uh, good guests and, uh, I'm sure either way we'll end the year very, very strongly on the show. This is, this has been my, uh, 2022 has been my favorite year of the show, like pre and post podcast, like not just the podcast, just in general, just doing the show. This has been the best year for it. I think I've had, I've had the best guests on, I've had the most fun. Um, I mean, the radio show doing it for goddamn hours, like just really stepping it up 
And uh, it's been really fun. So, you know, genuinely thank you to uh, everyone who listens to this, including these ones, because, I mean, listening listening to a solo rundown, you're not even listening to me talk to, like, Greg Graffin right now. You're just listening to me talking to a mic. So uh, definitely appreciate it. And uh, we'll move on. We'll keep this one fairly short. And uh, we're going to talk a little new music now, let you know what is out. I mean, i got to start again with the eaves. Lately, I don't have a god and other obvious epiphanies. That thing is so good. One of my favorites of the year. Probably going to end up on my top ten. If you've not listened to that record yet, go listen to it. I mean, it's it's indie rock. There's some punk rock in there. There's, you know, I mean, alternative I know is very general. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. There, it, it's not a boring record, and, and they have enough influences where they keep it uh, interesting, I'd say. So uh, definitely check that out and uh, go check out our interviews. The last episode before this one with uh, Adam and Chris of the Eves, really a great, great Buffalo band. Uh, stay-at-home astronaut that my buddy Alex uh, turned me on to. They're a Twin Cities band. They just put out their self-titled uh, debut. And uh, actually, I mean, I got to shout out my buddy Alex. It was, a, it was the nicest thing. I, I got an email on my birthday earlier this month that uh, I, someone gave me a gift on Bandcamp, and he uh, gifted me their uh, self-titled debut, and he's like, I think you'll like this, and he does. He knows me well, because uh, I very much do like it. It is exactly the kind of music I enjoy. So, uh, yeah, really, really good. I would go check that out and support them. I mean, they're a pretty new uh, band from what I can tell, just kind of playing around the Twin Cities. One of those bands, if I was still living there, I would definitely be uh, going and catching them live. Uh, Lip Stereo just put out a new one, Modern Mythology. We'll play something off that here in a second. Future Radio, you know, we're getting into the holiday season. They just put out a new single, another Christmas song, which uh, I'm sure will end up on the uh, holiday episode of the uh, radio show next month. Uh, Elephants and Stars just put out their new one, Last Chance Power Drive. Story of the Year just put out another new single off their upcoming record. Uh, The single's called Take the Ride. A new single from Fiddler, which I'll play here for you in a second, too, Taste the Money, which uh, I got to say, they put out a few singles since uh, getting back together here earlier this year, and the other ones just didn't really do it for me, if I'm being completely honest. Really wasn't into the other two songs, and uh, this one I like. It it, kind of has that uh, Fiddler sound, and also has Fiddler, but also kind of a a Joyce Manor sound to it as as well, which, I mean, again, I'll play in a second, so you tell me what you uh, think, but I get a little Joyce Manor in this, so you tell me. And uh, the Vice Rags put out a new EP, Midnight Ride, Glade put out Don't Know What You're In Until You're Out, and uh, Fake Names, which, uh, you know, great band who I've played a bunch on here, uh, featuring Brian Baker and uh, Dennis of Refused and uh, a couple other people, too, I'm totally blanking on, but uh, basically like a little uh, punk rock supergroup there, but really good band. They have a, a new album come out in 2023, and they put out a new single called Delete Myself, and that's what we'll kick it off with right now. Here's a new one from Fake Names. It is a new single, Delete Myself, right here on the November 2022 Rundown of the Power Chord Hour podcast.
right here on the November 2022 rundown of the Power Code Hour podcast. You just heard the latest single from Fiddler that was Taste the Money. Before that was Lip Stereo with Little Spaceships off their new album Modern Mythology. And opening up that block of music was a new single from Fake Names off their upcoming new record, I believe out March 2023. That was Delete Myself. All right, just a few uh, little pieces of music news, then we will uh, we'll close out this one for you. But uh, Punk Rock Bowling for 2023 has been announced this year. They got headliners, Bad Religion. I mean, talking all about Greg Graffin on uh, this one. We got a uh, former now Power Court Hour guest, Bad Religion, headlining along with Rancid and Dropkick Murphys. Also, The Interrupters will be playing, Suicidal Tendencies, L7, The Damned, Face to Face, Me First and Gimme Gimmies, Fishbone, Cockney Rejects, GBH, The Slackers, Sloppy Seconds, Susie Moon, and many, many more. I mean, that uh, that is that always seems so much fun. It's going on May 26th through the 29th in Las Vegas. I mean, it's just like the fest, which I'm sure you've heard me uh, talk about on here. Another, another a festival that uh, very sad. I've never been to, and I don't know how I've never been to. I mean, I know Las Vegas is a little further away, but I've still been to Vegas probably four or five times in my life. So I mean, you know, not not particularly. I, I I guess I did talk about me going to Alaska too, driving to Alaska not long ago. So I mean, you know, proximity is normally not a problem, but for whatever reason, I've never made it out to punk rock bowling. And uh, I have considered a couple times, but uh, just when it it just never uh, really worked out. I think I missed it. Maybe the first time I went cross country, I think I might have just missed it by uh, maybe, maybe more in a couple weeks, maybe like a month or so. But uh, yeah, never going on when I'm out that way, and it really makes me sad because like that lineup is uh, always good. It's like it, it's it's really there. There's a couple, you know, you got the fest, you got Riot Fest, which I've I you know I've been to, but I've really only been to once, which is another one you'd think I would have. Uh, would have hit more, but uh, just have not. I, you know, a lot of festivals besides Warp Tour, though. I don't know how many I've like repeated. I've you know, obviously been to like a lot of music festivals, but like Warped is like the only one I can think of that like ye- like went yearly. You know what I mean? Like went for like a a run of five or six years of just going each year. Like I don't know if there are really other uh, other festivals that I've hit like that. But uh, yeah, this would be one I'd love to hit. I mean, those are those are all obviously classic bands right there and uh just stacked as always i always like it because they have a nice mix of uh, new and old because you definitely get like those and you kind of get too like you get like the really old school kind of punk you'll get like some old ska reggae you'll get like even like i'm not like a big oi punk kind of guy but like even into like old school oi punk and different stuff like they just do a bunch of uh a bunch of different things i always feel like that uh that's a good time and i'm sure if you're listening to this as well probably some of those bands uh you yourself enjoy so uh maybe you will be there may uh may 26th through the 29th in las vegas that'd be uh 2023 which uh kind of funny too i've been on a i've been on a sloppy seconds kick lately actually and i i hadn't listened to them in a while and i don't know even like a couple weeks ago just something got me to listen to destroyed which i hadn't listened to in a while and i started listening i'm like oh my god like i forgot just how uh how great this is blackmail blackmail is probably my favorite sloppy second song i gotta say i i forgot i mean some of look at some of the stuff probably hasn't aged amazingly i mean it, it, same with the dwarves i mean i just have black dolly on like you know not uh, bands who aren't for everyone and can be a little abrasive but i mean more in like the fun punk rock spirit i mean i don't feel like they ever uh mean any uh mean any harm or anything they're just you know they're just those classic like you know 
gonna kind of do it just to uh, just to kind of shock, you know, shocking just to shock. But uh, I mean, at the same time, though, it's just kind of like I talk with Blag. It's like in Same Sloppy Seconds is, you know, you you look at the lyrics and stuff and you read them and you're like, oh, it's funny and jokey, but it's like really very good with melody. You know, I mean, in, in, as Ramon's core too. Like, I mean, those songs musically sound great. You know, I mean, it's the same with the Dwarves. I mean, Blake Dahlia knows how to write a song. It's like, and he knows he knows melody really well. It's just, it's it's the words he uses in those melody that uh, you know, that like keep you from being like you know, radio friendly or mainstream or whatever. But uh, that should be a really good time there. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe next year I'll finally uh make it to punk rock bowling. Uh, another cool one, not a festival, but just a, uh, a one-off show though. I'm hoping they do more, but, uh, for so long Astoria, which that thing is turning 20 and, uh, next year, the Ataris with the so long Astoria lineup are going to be doing a uh, show in, uh, April, 2023 in Los Angeles. They'll be playing that, uh, record front to back, which is totally crazy to think that, uh, it's been a decade, maybe almost a decade. Cause I almost want to say that tour was 2014, but uh, for so long, Astoria, when they did this back in uh, the last time. And uh, I got to say, I mean, I know this is only one show. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like, I, I don't know. I mean, was it was it something to, like, bring up or whatever? But I'm like, I don't know. When I saw them, I got to say, if you're an Atari's fan, when they did that tour with the four of them, and actually also had Donald Spence of uh, Versus the World playing a third guitar live, like, the best show I saw in 2014 and like, I don't know. I think of that show every now and then, like it kind of pops in my head, and I, and I like remember truly how good it was. So, like, I mean that that's one of those ones where, like, if you're an Atari's fan, you know, I mean, obviously the band has went through many a lineups, but like, if you're a fan of that album in that era, it is cool to see them all up there. You know, it, it is really neat. And I mean, on top of it too, when you start thinking about it, you know, with uh, with uh, I'm blanking on names right now. I'll be honest, I'm blanking on names. But uh, everyone minus John, their guitar player, I mean, also played on, uh, you know, where the Blue Skies End is Forever, you know, lineup. They had, a, they had a few different lead guitarists, but I mean, for like the quintessentials, like the quintessential years of the Ataris and like the material and the best records and stuff, I mean, that's that's basically the lineup, you know, beyond beyond even uh, So Long Astoria. But uh, I wish they'd do more. I've seen Chris say it, it, it seems pretty much one show and that's it. But uh, I always hope they do more of that lineup. And, I mean, I, I enjoy seeing the Ataris. They, they have great dudes even playing with them now. But uh, I got to say, I mean, that was really cool to see that lineup very special. And, I mean, I wish they did more because I remember back back when they did this last time, I swear Chris talked about more where it's like, you know, this may not be a thing we're doing. You know, this lineup won't be playing, like, every month, but it's like you'll see us play festivals or do one-offs and stuff as it more, which – I mean, it took almost a decade to do something else, but I would love to see them do more. And uh, that album, too, I, I also, uh, it's, it's one of those things, too, when that got announced, I threw on uh, So Long Astoria and just, you know, un- unlike Sloppy Seconds, but I'd, I'd, listened to, I'd listened to So Long Astoria a lot uh, a lot more recent than I had destroyed, but still, like, you put that on, you go, oh, yeah, like, no wonder this album sold so many records. Like, that, that is just a, that is a great Great pop punk record, but like I, I still I think Chris Rose one of the best lyricists in pop punk. I mean that that dude like you listen to it, and it's a pop punk record, but it's a pop punk record written by a guy who like I mean he picked the producer for that one because he worked with uh, Husker Du and Sugar. You know what I mean? Like and and you go look back and he's wearing like My Bloody Valentine and Velvet Underground t shirts in their press photos. You know what I mean? It's like. That it's pop punk, but it's written by that guy. You know what I mean? Like he's probably Chris Rowe is probably listening to a lot more like Sonic Youth 
than like no effects and stuff like that. You know, he's like writing Astoria. So uh, yeah, I, I, that that album will always. I I don't know if it's my. I don't know if it's my all-time favorite. Blue Skies, I always kind of feel like, is my quintessential Atari's record. I feel like most people, it's either Blue Skies or Astoria. Though I love End of, or uh, Welcome to Night. Really, I love all Atari's records. Really, none that I don't like. But uh, Welcome to Night, I know I've said it before. I mean, it's such an underrated record. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. Blue Skies might still win my vote. But then at the same time, it's like, I think on a technicality, so long Astoria probably is their best album. It's one of those things. I've said it with, like, with uh, Against Me. Like, I love New Wave but my favorite against me album is reinventing Axl Rose. But I know in my heart of hearts, new wave is the superior album. Like sonically sounds better. The songwriting's better, you know, musically is better. I just have my personal favorite, but I would say if you really got down to it and we're dissecting the shit out of those albums, I would just think there'd be an argument that says new wave is the more superior record. You know, same with the Atari's like my favorite Atari's record versus what the absolute best one is, you know, might differ. I feel that way with most with most bands. I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta admit that with things, you know. Like sometimes the album you like, you know, is is because that's the album you got in on, but it doesn't make it their best one. You know what I mean? It doesn't it doesn't always make it their best one. But I always like that argument too. It's fun it's fun to get into that stuff with people, including with bands who have a couple. Because some bands, everyone kind of agrees on that one record, and it like that that tends to be like the the classic one. But I like it with bands who have a couple classic ones, where it's like you'll get. I think I was talking on here not long ago, it was either here on the radio show, but like Less Than Jake's one of those where like, you know, there's people who say Anthem is their best, there's people who say Losing Streak is their best, there's people who say Hello Rock View is their best. You don't get a lot, but I think there's even people who like, who think Pezcores are their best, which I mean, you know, production's fucking awful, but those songs are really good. Um, you know, so it's like, ones like that, Jimmy Eat World's another one. Like, I love fighting with people, how uh, Clarity, <laughs> I, I love fighting, you guys. I just love fighting with people about how Clarity's better than Futures, and you're a fucking idiot if you don't agree. Futures is a great record. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying Clarity is a better record. But, uh, yeah, you know, that's the that's the kind of stuff. Probably shouldn't surprise you. I do a show where I just talk music for an hour, so I probably am the kind of person who would fight with you on what the best Jimmy Eat World record is. But, hey, it's the important topics, you know? It, it's the important stuff with me. And uh, one, one more for you, one little piece of uh, music news. Uh, I, I feel like everyone's been talking about this in November. The Justice Department uh, investigating Live Nation and Ticketmaster, even before the, them investigating them, I mean, uh, you know, just, just everything with, uh, I mean, I feel like uh, Taylor Swift and her fans and stuff seem to like open the floodgates, but I mean, there's such a shitty fucking company anyway that, I mean, you know, if that's what it took, sure. But like, I mean, they, they were terrible long before that, but, uh, yeah, the U S department of justice announced that they're, they're going to be launching investigation into live nation and it's focused on whether live nation entertainment has abused its power over the million, the multi-billion dollar live music industry. Um, I'll answer that for them. Yes. That's a big yes in uh, all capitals with some exclamation points. I would definitely say they abuse their power over the, the multi-billion dollar live music industry. And, uh, as you may know, or don't know, live nation and Ticketmaster merged in 2010, resulting in the creation of Live Nation Entertainment. And uh, for the last decade plus, they've been fucking us over. And I mean, even longer before, but now now they're fucking us over together. Before, they were kind of just screwing you over separately. Now they now they do it together. But, I mean, this is, it seems like a, like a long time coming. I mean, again, like, none of this is surprising. I mean, how, how long have, have people talked about, I mean, those convenience fees and just all the, you have no clue what some of those fees are at all. Like, they're not... 
you know, like, like I get it one or one or two, I don't want to pay any fees, but like, even if you're not so greedy, like just don't get so goddamn greedy with those. Like make up your bullshit fee, which no one should have to pay. But anyways, people will pay it because they want that ticket. But it's like, you get too greedy with that. And then you get investigated. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't, uh, you really gotta, you really gotta cap your fees. You know what I mean? One or two, maybe you get away with, keep them, keep them cheap enough. Maybe people won't complain too much, but I mean, and, and on top of, I mean, besides, besides the convenience fees, I mean, just the entire, like, I mean, with the scalpers and those things just selling out the way they have people talking about how difficult it is to even buy a ticket through there. I mean, like insane things like not only are you paying hundreds of hundreds of dollars for a ticket, you're going through hurdles and hurdles to get them. I mean, it's like it makes zero, zero sense. And you really are kind of screwed because, I mean, almost everything seems like you're buying a ticket through Live Nation, like very few times like even for like smaller venues and stuff, I mean, it's not even arenas. I mean, if you're getting into like theater territory, sometimes even a little smaller, I mean, that's live nation, you know? And to be honest, I mean, they're the worst, but I don't know that any ticket company is all that great. I mean, most of them hit you with these insane, insane fees, which again, like I I get it. Do I want to pay any fees? No. Do I realize that there probably is a need for some fees? Yeah, probably. You don't want to admit that, but I'm sure some, not in, not in the whole live nation. Like, don't trust me. I'm not, I'm not, uh, sitting here, uh, you know, defending them. Cause that's not what I mean by that. But I mean, I'm, I'm sure including like the smaller places, like, okay, like maybe the $3 convenience fee that, that in some way that maybe that does help keep the lights on or something. And that's fine. I, I get that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, most, most ticketing companies, even the, even the cool quote unquote, cool, like indie ones and stuff still get you with these insane fees and, the one I bitch about a lot is you see it a lot more now. I remember a few years ago, maybe I won't name names. I probably have thrown them under the bus before, but a venue in Buffalo for a very long time was charging for will call, like for will call, like they're not sending you them. I'm showing up to will call, and really the box office, not even just, it's not even like will call separately. It's the box office where people who don't have tickets come by them. And also if you have tickets and will call, they'll grab those for you. And I'm just like, that fee's ridiculous. It's like, you're not, you're not mailing them to me. Somebody's already at the box office to sell tickets. I'm like, what the hell? And then it kept getting more expensive. But the crazy thing is at this point, I don't think they're the only one back in like, like 10 years ago, the only one I'd ever heard of who did, who did it. And it like pissed me off to no end. Maybe, maybe more than it should have, but like now they're far from the only one who does that. And like the other thing too, is just. I always think of these fees and these different things. And like, I, I've talked to musicians about this and not even in like a shitty way where like, Oh, it's not going to us, but just like you look at like what goes into going to a show and like so much of the costs are very, you spend so much, but so little actually gets back to the artist. I mean, you know, a percentage of that ticket doesn't if you buy merch, but like, you know, the exuberant parking that you have to pay outside of the venue. Like, I mean, those convenience fees and stuff like, I'm pretty sure those aren't going to the artist, you know? I mean, not, I don't know they would make it any better, but even they're more transparent about where those, like, what does that fee mean? Like, if you're going to charge me $30 in fees, please break down, like, where each cent goes. Like, what, like, how are you justifying this in any way, shape, or form, you know? But uh, I, I hope they take fucking Live Nation down. 
I hate Live Nation. It's one of those things where, and nobody, nobody likes them. That's what it was, it's universal. I don't know that anybody out there you'll find and go like, oh, I love Live Nation. It's just you got you got to go through them. I really, they really do kind of have a monopoly in that way. I mean, you, you, what else, what else really can you do? So, I mean, I, I don't even hope it changes things with them. I hope it fucking takes them out. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what gets replaced with. I guess I don't know what that, uh, what that do, but. I really don't give a shit. I just I, I hope that a Live Nation owes a lot of money or there's some, I you know though I think they had a lawsuit if I remember a few years ago cuz you got like vouchers or credit a credit for things like a couple dollars for like each I would you know I'm pulling this out cuz it just like popped in my head but I I want to say like Live Nation maybe 5 years ago maybe even longer at this point cuz I remember you started getting back like a $2 credit for like this ticket and then a $2 credit for this ticket, this and that. Like and it started adding up. Cause I think I paid for a concert ticket or two with it. But, uh, yeah, I think they got hit, hit with something there. I mean, I'm sure they have a lot of lawsuits, but I hope this one, I, I hope, I hope this shit goes through and the justice department, like does something about live nation and Ticketmaster Cause they're fucking awful. But, uh, yeah, with that, that is the, uh, November, 2022 rundown of the power Court hour podcast again thank you so much for uh, checking it out really appreciate it really fun month and uh it really was the first one really really back i know we did two episodes in october we we're just kind of shaking off the rust and getting back into it and uh this month we're back strong and still can't believe i interviewed greg graffin that was pretty cool but uh yeah i mean if you're listening to this before friday night on the radio show on uh, December 2nd, I'll be playing all uh, 80s music for four hours, 8 to midnight Eastern on 107.9 WRFA. You can stream it online at WRFALP.com. And uh, what else? Follow us online at Power Chord Hour on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, if you would. Uh, we're on YouTube. If Maybe you're listening to us there. Shout out to you if you are. But uh, if you're not, please go subscribe to our YouTube page. And if you are listening to us there, subscribe to our YouTube page, please. And, uh, yeah, video... Video interviews, not every week, but when we have them, there are video interviews on there and uh, tons and tons of even pre-podcast content, so worth going there. But uh, the Power Card Hour podcast, wherever you're listening to this, you can listen to it uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Really, really appreciate that. And uh, hit me up, PowerCordHour at gmail.com. If you want to talk music or whatever, that's where you can find me. And uh, if you enjoy the show, you like to donate a couple bucks and... uh, help uh with server costs and all that all that good stuff or i said server costs i really didn't mean that i don't whatever hosting hosting fees sir i don't have a server for this but hosting fees it is not it is not a uh, free to host this podcast on a simple cast so you know th- those fees and all the other bullshit fees um like, like speaking of bullshit fees we're just talking about live nation um i gotta i gotta cover those bullshit fees so if you want to help me cover them uh, send me some, you know, I, I got the, uh, donations in the uh, link below for PayPal and cash app. If you want to throw a couple bucks our way, I would definitely appreciate that. And, uh, I'll probably send you a thank you postcard or something more than likely. I don't have anything like set in stone where like, Oh, you send me this, I send you something, but I'm probably going to feel, I mean, you know, anyone who sends me who, who's donated, I, I, I tend to feel obligated and at least send you a thank you postcard or something, which I get pretty badass postcards. I won't lie. I go to I go to thrift stores and I'm traveling, and I go wild in their uh, postcard section. So I got some good ones. If you donate a couple bucks, I'll probably I'm sending one your way. But uh, tune back in next week. We'll have Chris Wren from Bridge Nine Records talking all about uh, the record label, the record store, and a whole lot more. But until then, for the Power Chord Hour podcast, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you so much for listening.